0: Hello, and welcome to Pop-Tarts. Hello. I'm Emily Rems. And I'm Callie Watts. We're both editors for Bust Magazine for Women here in Brooklyn, New York City. We're pop culture fanatics. We love talking to each other about pop culture. And we're going to be talking to you about pop culture as well. Today, we're going to talk about the new FX show Feud that's coming up that we can't wait to watch. It's going to be amazing. We're going to talk about other celebrity feuds that we also love so much. And then we're going to have our continuing... Segment, our returning segment. What you watching? What you watching? <laughs> where I get to ask Callie what she's watching. She asks me, what I'm watching, and we break it down.
1: Why am I watching? This?
0: Don't believe for a minute that anybody on Flavor of Love is in love with Flavor Flav. No, I don't want to oh, throw shade at people who are oblivious. It's very white wine. We are going to talk about a show that we are so super duper excited for we've been counting the days the new fx anthology series feud it's coming out march 5th and it stars jessica lang as joan crawford and susan sarandon as betty davis betty davis looks old enough to be my mother and so dreadfully overweight
1: Joan Crawford has slept with every male star at MGM, except Lassie.
0: They hated each other for more than 40 years, and that hatred really culminated in the only film they ever made together, which was called Whatever Happened to Baby Jane in 1962. Actually, they were in another film together,
1: but they were never in the same scenes. It was like a, one of those, like, Collective cast, you know, like that Valentine's Day or New New Year's (laughs) movie
0: where there's like a million people. It was something like that. This is the movie that they were in together. Yeah, together, and um, this anthology series is gonna the whole this whole season is just gonna focus on them hating each other, and I can't wait. I know that it's against sort of the Riot Girl Code. Women need to support each other. I know. We need to focus on women helping women. But their feud was so epic. I love, I mean, I love a good feud. I don't care who's doing it. And I can't wait to see it. Uh, For those who aren't familiar with the movie that they were making, that's going to be the focus of this season. Which I have never seen. It's called Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. And they were both convinced to do it by directors who were saying, like, it's going to be the greatest, scariest, best horror movie of all time.
1: If you're long-standing fans of Miss Davis and Miss Crawford, this motion picture is quite unlike anything they have ever
0: done. But it's also campy and weird and horrifying in, like, a so-bad-it's-good way. I can't believe I haven't seen this movie. I can't believe it, too. I'm going was... to watch it before the show comes out, though. You should. The thing that's so mind-bending about it is that, um... So, obviously, Jessica Lange and Susan Sarandon are actresses. And they're playing two actresses and then in whatever happened to baby jane the two characters are two washed up actresses so it's literally actresses playing actresses playing actresses try to wrap your mind around that this is crazy, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the the premise of Very it james franco is that. that betty davis plays Baby Jane, who was like a child star in the vaudeville stage, and she can't let go of it, and so now she's this decrepit freak show person who puts on her little girl child star outfit and sings her signature song, and it's really creepy. She's like, "Every day oh no. a letter to Daddy," and you're like, "Stop it! Stop it! You're the worst!" <laughs> so it's it's crazy in that way. Like it's a horror movie, but it's like a laughing horror movie, and. Joan Crawford plays a starlet who was an adult star who was in <laughs> a crazy accident and she's in a wheelchair and her psycho former child star sister is taking care of her and it's just the two of them in this house. Sister, sister, oh so fair. Why is there blood all over your hair? Like warring with each other. And meanwhile, these women were warring with each other in real life for 40 years. This is sort of *Great garden vibe. There it? is totally a Grey Gardensy vibe, I would say, but in Grey Gardens they loved each other. Yeah. And in this not so much. In fact, like the actresses antipathy for each other was so raw while they were making this film. There was one scene where uh Betty Davis kicks Joan Crawford and she insisted that like there would be a body double, but they couldn't use a body double for the for the close up and she like kicked the crap out of her. <laughs> And some people say that she needed stitches, and Betty Davis insists that it wasn't so bad. But then, when the tables were turned, and there had to be a scene where uh, Betty Davis's character had to drag Joan's car- Joan Crawford's character across the room while she was sort of limp, she made herself as limp as possible. And there's a a rumor that she actually put like a lead weight belt <laughs> on to make Betty Davis's back go out. I
1: though I'd never seen the movie. I am very familiar with the feud. Like it didn't. It never occurred to me that I would even have to see the movie, but I just knew everything, that these women hated each other.
0: I was hoping that their feud would just be about them just hating each other's guts because of their intrinsic selves. But of course, as it's many, about a dude. It's not only about a dude, it's about many dudes. I like, hate that part. This goes all the way back to 1929, because Betty Davis insists that Joan Crawford slept her way to the top, and she married Douglas Fairbanks Jr., and Betty Davis was totally irritated about how everybody, all the tabloids of the day, and everybody was obsessed with her love life and her marriage or whatever. And then she had some big movie that she was launching, and it got totally overshadowed by when Joan Crawford divorced Douglas Fairbanks ah. Jr.. And so she was mad about that. And then, Joan Crawford had an affair with Clark Gable, and Betty Davis had a crush on Clark well, Gable. Have a crush well, I mean, come on. on. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. But then there was this dude who nobody even remembers now, but they were both, like, deeply in love with this dude named Franchot Tone.
1: <laughs> I've never heard of this man.
0: And Betty Davis was, he was her leading man in this movie called Dangerous. And then Joan Crawford married him, and she was devastated. Ah. And that was, like, the, what's going on, Joan just stealing all the dudes. She, like, she marries every person who's... She's been she's married like a L- hundred million times. like a Elizabeth
1: Taylor type of...
0: Yeah. She was Elizabeth Taylor before Elizabeth Taylor she knew how to right be it. Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah.
1: But... Uh, I wonder if she was really funny. Is she knew to be funny or something? She... <laughs> she was something. I don't know if
0: the word <laughs> would be
1: funny. Cause she's just getting, getting all the men. And like she's they're both men. insanely she was attractive. She a huge
0: star first and then i think betty davis kind of eclipsed her at at one point Joan started in silent film right like she's that far back she's been there she's done that and so by the but by the time you got to 1962 and whatever happened to baby jane they were both considered over the hill even though they both considered themselves in their prime and that was like the main they both wanted to be taken seriously as leading actors again And so that's why they agreed to do this movie with each other, even though they hated each other so much. And they're like, look, you get to hate each other in the movie and and (laughs) it will be fine. Everyone, Betty Davis got nominated for an Academy Award. This part I love. And (laughs) she was so sure she was going to get it for whatever happened to Baby Jane, because she was so psycho in this movie. You have to see it. And she was totally sure that she was going to win. And then she didn't win. But... Joan Crawford arranged for the actresses who were also nominated, who couldn't be there, that she would accept the award on their behalf. So, like this. Joan Crawford, like went up to like accept the Oscar, and she was like, "Excuse me, I have to accept an award," and like pushed past <laughs> Betty Davis on what she was sure was going to be her shining moment. Because you know, since they thought that they were so old, like for their time, but I saw that Susan
1: Sarandon said that she is ten years older now than Betty Davis
0: was when When she made that movie yeah old is totally different now it's old is total I mean they were like babies then I know, I know but they were insane and they were forced into like this high grotesquerie in this movie um and they were supposed to be like gross hags but they're they're not what is with the is the rat so I've seen the previews
1: right for the, the commercials for the mm-hmm. the feud show. And there's the tray with the rat. Is that in the it's movie? It's not a rat, and I'm not gonna tell you what it is. Ah, but that's part of the the Baby Jane movie, right? That's not part, part of the movie. It's part of feud. Baby Jane. Because I was like, interneting, whether did the rat of into the
0: feud. <laughs> <laughs> You're just gonna have to watch it, but I promise you it'll be worth it. It looks so amazing. It looks so good. Um and camp. Well, something that we decided to do while talking about this show that um I thought would make it more fun is that uh we thought of other feuds that we liked that could possibly become future feud shows or just you know just other feuds to enjoy my feud that's been like right on the top of my mind since the last time we spoke is that between b arthur and betty white because the golden girls in its entirety every single episode is now on hulu There's so many amazing things about um, the Golden Girls, but one of my favorite things is how incredibly sarcastic B. Arthur's character Dorothy is to Betty White's character yeah. Rose. Like well, the- Dorothy's character to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Dor- well, yeah, Dorothy's character is sarcastic everywhere, and like that's the best. But you can tell that there's like a little extra oomph when she's giving it to rose and it's because in real life she could not stand betty white well what
1: about us who's gonna keep after us and make us linguine and and tell us stories about sicily i don't know rose maybe mary poppins has an italian cousin
0: she hated betty white because she was so likable, right because she was so bubbly from everybody's accounts of it she was just like so bubbly and vivacious and had such a good attitude towards life. And I think that's probably why she's still alive. (laughs) She's the only one who's still alive and she's 95 years old now. And she's still like a ball of joy and energy. And I could see how, be Arthur would be like fuck that <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> I feel that sometimes I, sometimes I feel that way about you because Aww. you're such an unrelenting joy and I'm such a grouch sometimes and I can't believe <laughs> the B and the Betty of the workplace we are the B and the Betty of Bust magazine
1: oh, I'm so nervous have you ever given a eulogy
0: you mean at a funeral
1: <laughs> no Rose at a pie eating contest
0: Eddie White wouldn't really talk about their relationship before she passed away. But afterwards, there was like a treasure. Times talk and she was like, she found me to be a pain in the neck sometimes. <laughs> it was my positive attitude and that made B mad. Sometimes if I was happy, she'd be furious. B had an adopted son named Matthew Sachs who says that she off screen in real life B. Arthur was prickly and introverted, that she wasn't close to anybody. I could see that. She seems a little standoffish. And the thing is, is that she she had like this huge heart and she was a great philanthropist. There's, I believe, a home for homeless LGBT yeah. youth that B. Arthur endowed. And she's also a great champion of animals. And the fact that her irritation with Betty White translated so beautifully into so many seasons of The Golden Girls. Like her sarcasm towards that character was so much richer than her sarcasm towards everybody else. Because yeah. it was it was rooted in truth. They just put it all in the work. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a
1: confidant. The other feud I want to talk to you about is The Roxanne Wars. So give me your Roxanne feud. All right. So it starts with um, back in 1984. And there's this band called UTFO. And they came out with a song that was like, Roxanne, Roxanne. Roxanne, Roxanne. Yeah, you know that. That song is all about, like, this, these guys are trying to mac on this girl and she's not having it. Roxanne Shantae. Well, they didn't. Her last name wasn't Shantae yet. Oh, really? Yeah, they just called her Roxanne. But they were, like, you know, throwing shade that she was, like, not giving them any time. And they were, like... <laughs> That girl they call Roxanne, she's all stuck up. Why are you say that? Cause you wouldn't give a guy like me no rap. Each of the dudes was like, this is why you should like me. And then they're like, but she's just a snob. Roxanne, Roxanne. And Roxanne Shantae is 14 years old and runs I in. I didn't
0: realize she was so young. Yeah, dude,
1: 14. And she was like, I want to write a uh, rap back to this and write it as Roxanne. Her name was actually uh, Lolita Chante Gooden, not even Roxanne. But so she writes. Who changes
0: their name from Lolita to Roxanne?
1: If you want to write a battle rap and be like, "I'm the Roxanne that you couldn't get," and so the whole
0: so she named herself after that song.
1: Yeah, and then she wrote an, an entire rap that was like talking about like, "Look at you guys! Like this is why I'm not stepping to you. Your game is whack." Well, my name is Roxanne, uh, don't you know I
0: just a cold rocker party, and I do this show. I said I'm these three guys, and you know it's true. Uh, let me tell you and explain them all to you. So, so she named herself Roxanne to clown them? Yes, completely. Oh, you're killing me softly.
1: And then, so after that, uh, UTFO came back with another song that was called The Real Roxanne, and they hired some other girl to play Roxanne and be like,
0: Yo, Kango! Yeah, what's up, girl? I'm the real Roxanne, and I'll rock your world.
1: They admit later she wasn't the real Roxanne, and oh. then she tried to go by the name of The Real Roxanne, but had to drop it because Roxanne Shantae was blowing up. <laughs> and then... So then they started doing battle raps back and forth, and then other people started, like, jumping in and doing uh, rap battles about the Roxanne characters and about Roxanne Chantay. And at the same time, there was, like, this beef going on between the Juice Crew and Boogie Down Productions, which was, like, KRS-One. And so then... They started rapping about Roxanne Shantae because Roxanne rolled with Juice Crew and Marley Marl and KRS-One was on the other side. And that's how you got the song The Bridge and the bridge is over. The bridge is over. All
0: of that all stemmed off this beef. I had no
1: idea. Epic, dude. Oh, and to make it even more current, there's a biopic that just was at Sundance called Roxanne Roxanne.
0: (gasps) When's that gonna be coming to our eyeballs?
1: I was trying to figure out. There's no release, but the girl that played Roxanne got um she was oh, like, so it was not a
0: documentary, it's a biopic. Yeah,
1: and she got Best Breakout Star, and I wanna say that it's produced by Pharrell Dang. and someone else awesome, but I can't remember. And I also am gonna predict that it, Depending on how many more seasons we get of the get down, they're going to have to put Roxanne Roxanne in that show.
0: <laughs> There's
1: no way that they can get to the beef with KRS1 without talking about Roxanne
0: Chante. Man, take that bridge. Who's got money that I can bet on this? The future of TV. Yeah, I'm not going to bet against you because I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your second beef? All right, my second beef. Is not one that that created great art like the Golden Girls and Roxanne Shanté, but it's just a great feud in terms of pure shade. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know if you remember in the early 2000s, Mariah Carey was up for Grammys and J Lo was like doing her recording artist thing. Mm-hmm. They're both up for Grammys, and then this video surfaces, and like is so weird because this was totally like an internet thing because nobody would have seen it normally it was on german tv it was like in german with subtitles but a german tv interviewer was asking mariah carey's opinion of several pop stars and they asked her if she liked beyonce and she said that she was nice and she's a good writer and then the <laughs> interviewer you go. Asked, uh, jennifer lopez and she says i don't know her and oh then my she god smiles real big and like opens her eyes real wide um like Just, I have no idea what you mean. Beyonce was still pop, was popping off at this time, just starting to pop Uh, off.
1: And how is Mariah Carey gonna act like she knew Beyonce Beyonce, back then? She didn't know who Jayla was. Oh my god, and it
0: it became the thing about it it was it's literally five seconds of footage in the world, but it became the gif heard around the world. Literally, if you wanted to shade anyone for any reason. Ever for the next 10 years, then you would say something, then you would put a GIF, Mariah Carey, underneath it with the caption that says, I don't know her. She's like the shade clip, like how Whitney Houston rules the shade clips. It is the ultimate shade clip. In fact, Vanity Fair called it the summer that I don't know her became the most (laughs) crushing celebrity shade. Oh my gosh. Um, but and other she people still try say to it do now, it too. Right? She doesn't. She does not say it. But in 2016, last last year, she went on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, and he was like, "Come on, like, <laughs> did you really not know who she was?" And she went on this like sort of circuitous thing that sort of ruined it. Because I, in my heart, and just in terms of like the pure shade, I want her to insist even now. That, that she, she has no know idea <laughs> who j is. I want her to go on forever saying that she doesn't know who she is. But she said that, of course, I know who she is, but I don't know her. Like, I don't know her as a person. Ugh, get out of here. I know. So that kind of ruined it. But just her saying, I don't know her. Like, I have no idea who she is. Ah, is uh, Mariah. That, which is exactly how she was saying it. Have it, you gotten to watch time. any of Mariah's world yet? No. Mariah's World? I don't know that. <laughs> no, I'm going to. But the thing, JLo kind of got her back with with some, you know, her some shade of her own in 2015. I don't know if you remember there was like the Billboard Music Awards and Mariah was performing and then like the cameraman deftly camera person, I should say. I, I do not know the gender <laughs> of identity the of the operator. camera operator, but the camera cuts to um, J-Lo scrolling through her phone <laughs> while Mariah is on stage. And it was, and everyone was like, Shay. And that became its own gift for a while, just like J-Lo scrolling through her phone. I love this. But I just, I enjoy when like these tiny little snippets can take on a life of their own on the internet. And I love it. And that's why I chose it as my second. Like, I, I don't know if it would make if that particular beef would <laughs> would make a good, like, entire season of feud. But yeah. But if feud were a gif, then it would. <laughs> if there was a gif
1: feud, I wonder where they're going to go. Because old Hollywood seems to have better feuds. They're going to have to, I bet they're going to do guys
0: Because they didn't have the internet. Like, our feuds today, our lovely uh, producer Rachel pointed out that it's interesting that Susan Sarandon is in feud right now because she has her own feud going on. With Deborah Messing, and it's all on Twitter. That's where I was, see. I don't have Twitter, so I, I when we decided we were going to talk about feuds, I was like, I got to do throwbacks because I can't keep up with the kids. The kids today with their Twitter feuds. And with their Twitter feuds, man. I guess just during the election in November, Deborah Messing was with her. Yeah. And Susan Sarandon, as we know, is a Bernie. Burning down the house, Bernie bra. Yeah, if you're a girl,
1: <laughs> burning a bra, burning hard. down the house. Yeah. yeah,
0: and so they went at it on Twitter, and um, it's not the same yeah. as um Old you know, fight. like Joan Crawford sending Betty Davis flowers to try to ingratiate herself with her, and Betty Davis saying, like, "See, she's a lesbian." You know what I mean? It's not the same. So I think that. That's all that we're gonna talk about for feuds. I'm definitely gonna watch it on can't wait. March fifth. I'm definitely so gonna watch the whole season. They've got my number with that. And uh next I'd like to ask you in our recurring segment, what you watching? This episode of Pop-Tarts was produced in the Listening Booth. Check out this sneak peek of their shows and then head to listeningboothmedia.com to find out more about each one. This is What's Happening Here. I'm Katie Shepard, your host, in this season...
1: I'm Terrence Mickey, and welcome to Memory Motel.
0: I'm Julia Bainbridge, and welcome to The Lonely Hour, which I'm producing in partnership with The Listening Booth. Good afternoon. Thanks for calling the New York Times Classified. It's Christine speaking. I may I help you?
1: Hi, my name's Terrence Mickey, and I'm calling to inquire about an obituary.
0: What information were you looking for that I could possibly help you with? Okay. Now a grown woman with a supportive husband, Jillian is fine, but that comes after waiting through years of pain and confusion. I had been wrestling with this because I knew in the pit of my stomach that my fetish is not caused by childhood trauma, mm-hmm. but it felt like my own... Life contradicted that. Matt, who was a big talker, big personality, loved to be the center of attention, was running away from having to be vulnerable. I don't know. It's like whenever we have this, like, fights or something, whenever I talk about this, it's like I have a shield in my hand, and whenever this happens, I just put it up to protect myself.
1: The listening booth.
0: <laughs>
1: There's a story inside.
0: What you watching? What am I watching, Callie? What are you watching? What have you watched, listened to, read, experienced over the last two weeks? Well, so I was out of the game for a little bit because I was
1: uh, vacay in Miami. Happy birthday, yeah, Miami bday VK. But um, I did catch up on some. I've been watching Always Sunny. Always Sunny in Philadelphia, mm-hmm, new season. What platform are you watching it on? FX. Oh, the app. Yeah. Okay. Always Sunny did like. A Black Lives Matter bit where the gang turned black. Come on, because their electric blankets shocked them, like and their skin turned black while they were watching the Whiz.
0: You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> go on record as saying that that show is not okay. And I understand that you appreciate it, and many people whom I appreciate appreciate that show, but I can go on the record and saying that that show is not okay.
1: My <laughs> mom hates it too, but I think they pulled this off because at the end it was like. Because, well, I mean, Charlie got shot while he was black. And it was very much like, of course. Mm -hmm. And their whole time they were like, what are (laughs) the... It was like The Wiz, so they're singing the whole time. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It was amazing. I don't think any other show could have pulled this off because it would have been like, oh, that's just cancel this show right now. That's out of pocket. But I think they did a
0: good job on it. And then... Big Little Lies. Have you watched that yet? Yes. I watch, There's only one episode out so mm-hmm. far. We both watched it. Tell me what you think about it. It's very
1: Desperate Housewives.
0: It's very white wine.
1: Yes. It's very white wine. But I'm going to stick on it, I think.
0: I'm going to give it at least one more shot, but I spent a lot of time during the first episode of Big Little Lies on, lies on HBO going like this. <sighs> 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 Just breathing at it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean but you don't want to know who dies like I at this point I know it's just the first episode I don't care who dies I want everyone to die I can get that I can get that I, th- I just like that these people are back on tea like I love Reese Witherspoon and Nicole Kidman the cast is great the cast is great I want to see how it goes I'm gonna because I'll watch anything with Laura Dern in it
1: I had a love-hate battle with Desperate Housewives
0: I didn't watch it. I couldn't get into it.
1: Sometimes I need shows that I think is what people went to the Gilmore Girls for. That I don't have to catch. That there's, I'm fine with missing something while I'm cooking food, and then I'm like, oh, where nothing's happened. Everything's the same. Uh huh. You know. Sometimes, I hear you. to so give I need it another that, try. That I could be really stoned and just sit there and be like, mm-hmm. I'm exactly where I was just just a couple minutes ago,
0: and then girls. I have also been watching Girls. Have you watched the two so far? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? <laughs> when She said that Marnie's ex-husband was like, if the Pacific Northwest knit a man. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. But how bad was the acting in that scene? I've... You mean when he was like going all straw dogs and like smashing the glass? And yes.
1: I was like, "What?
0: who brought in the reenactor actors? <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of what it felt like. Yeah. But also, OxyContin's a hell of a drug.
1: Also, how did she? I, I mean, no, I don't want to throw shade at people who are oblivious, but how do you not know? Well, how many did he say he was doing? Like he said he was taking fifty oxys a day. <laughs> like how? I mean, I'm not a. I, I don't know. I'm not very familiar. I feel familiar. like six
0: will get you. I feel like from dawn to dusk.
1: Wouldn't you be like comatose? Come on, she must not be out there for active conversation or something.
0: Right. Well, she. I think that's just a. It was just a, a funny commentary on how self-absorbed she is, that someone could be, like, yeah. drugging themselves within an inch of consciousness whilst being married to her, and she had no idea.
1: Oh, it drove me crazy. Now, you told me to watch Your Worst
0: Nightmare, and I yes. need
1: to know why, because why am I watching this? It I can't figure out why I'm watching this.
0: Okay, so let me just preface this by saying... Are you watching season one? I I don't know. Like, Logan was watching it. That's my boyfriend for you listening at home. Logan was watching it, and he was, like, somewhere in the midst of it. And I was like, what the fuck (laughs) are you watching? And he said, it's your worst nightmare. And I said, your worst nightmare. I am so sure. First of all, I have legit night terrors. So I'm like, nobody can be my worst nightmare. I'm the queen (laughs) of bad nightmares. Like, whatever. And I was like, whatever they're going to show. And I love horror movies, and I love all that stuff. I was like, they're not going to come at me with your worst nightmare. This show is... An investigation discovery show with reenactor actors with reenactor actors that's on Hulu. Not to now. be con- confused with girls, right? <laughs> um, and I watched it and I've literally been gnawing on it ever since I watched it. I've seen two or three episodes of it. I think it may have been in season two, it was the very first season. And I saw so the first so maybe three they episodes. hadn't like gotten their that's what I'm thinking hit their stride because my. My feeling on it is that the reenactments were really cinematic and good, but just oh, the, the stuff that they're covering is more <laughs> horrific than the true crime fair that I am used to. Like they're finding things that literally will keep you up at night. For example, yeah, Let, let's see if we the watch first the first episode one. <laughs> that I watched ever. There's these two teenage girls, their mom dies, and they're obviously heartbroken, distraught, and distressed. They do like one of those scrying things where they like move the cone-shaped thing on a chain back and forth and they're trying to reach they're doing like an occult practice where they're trying to reach their dead mom. Not long after that, they start hearing all these crazy noises in their house. Like not just like regular crazy noises, but like lots I'm of really I'm already going to guess
1: where this is going aggressive because I banging. feel like
0: everyone that I've seen
1: is about a murder because somebody's hiding in the house, which is a legitimate Tell fear. Me.
0: You're squashing my amazing story. <laughs> okay. You need to wait. You need to hold up. Because here's the thing. You're right. <laughs> There's these really bad sounds, but also like writing on the wall and it looks like blood. And it's not blood. It's ketchup. But the the dad, it's, you know, they have this single dad who's recently widowed. And he just thinks that it's them acting out because their mom is dead I can see that they think that they're acting out because their mom is dead he says stop it like just stop it and they keep getting more and more and more freaked out until one day he comes home from work and they're like standing out on the lawn going we're not going in there you can't make us go in there bad bad things are happening and the dad goes in the whole house has weird stuff around there's writing on the walls and he goes up to the teenage girls room And there's someone in a wedding dress with a blonde wig and an axe standing in her room. And this person turns around and it's a teenage boy with war paint on, a blonde wig, and the dead woman's wedding dress holding an axe. And he starts chasing the dad around. And this is legit happened. This is a reenactment of a real thing that happened in Massachusetts. And so then the dad runs out and the axe-wielding bride, teenage boy, doesn't run out. And so the cops go in trying to find where is he in the house. And it turns out that it's one of these old houses. This dude had cut a hole in the wall behind the washing machine and crawled literally into the walls of the house. And they found inside the walls of the house like a sleeping bag and all this evidence of This is like the movie Homebound. So like this... Guy, this teenage boy had gone on one date with a teenage girl who lived in the house, and she was like, "Eh, "I think this guy's a creeper. I'm not going to go out with him." And so he spent the next few months living in the walls of their house, fucking with them. This is like like I can't
1: homebound that I put in the horror movie
0: article. Right from it was from like New Zealand or something. Yeah, totally same bit. I bet they may have been inspired by that real story. Inspired by that real story. I was not prepared for that. I live in a. super old falling down tenement that has lots of sounds in it and I was like no way someone's in the walls right now someone's watching me right now I can't sleep right now I was freaked out one of the ones that I saw was a very similar
1: thing and it was like a guy like went to the bank this girl worked at and then I got obsessed with her and then started creeping into her house and he was like her window was open so I guess I, I just assumed she wanted me to come in and then he started taking stuff from her house I think I told you about this last year when the random friend of a friend of mine had been over at my house one time hanging out and I didn't really know him at all. And then he shows up the next night, came into my house and tapped me on the shoulder while yeah. I was sleeping. Yeah. Tapped you on the shoulder. And was I like, that. Do you want
0: to hang out? And I was like, guess what? No, and get out of my house. No,
1: that's not how you ask someone to hang out. And I was terrified because I had a dumb roommate who did not support locking the door. Mm -mm. And I was like, we are locking this door now before I fake rob you. See,
0: so I'm not surprised that you're not scared by your worst nightmare because your life is worse (laughs) than anyone's actual nightmares. But the thing about the stories that they cover on Your Worst Nightmare that's now on Hulu was on Investigation Discovery, is that you think that it's gotten as bad as it possibly can get. And then the story just keeps going. Like, they're finding the worst things that have ever happened to anyone in the history of time. And it's not just that story. Like, I've seen three, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm not sold yet, but maybe the second season
1: is going to get better. The first season was good, but it sounds like it may be going the way of I was pregnant and didn't know it, which you have seen that, right? I have seen clips. I have not The ever seen reenactments the are the
0: worst on that. They are terrible. But the stories are insane. It's like... A woman, it's always... But isn't it always the same story? I was going to the bathroom and then a baby came out? No. One lady, the baby fell out in a porta john and she had to pull it out
1: of the poop. But that's still the by same. By the thing, by the umbilical cord. And another one uh, birthed a baby on a boat, on the front of a boat. Like they were sailing and then she's just like banging on the window for her husband and he's like fast asleep and she's like, I'm going to drop a baby off the front of this boat.
0: Come on, girl. <laughs> yeah. What are you watching? Well, I've just given you a a little bit of what I've been watching. What else you got? Um, So here's what happened. I was watching Burning Love on Hulu, which is a show from a few years ago that has all these comedians, really good comedians making fun of The Bachelor. So I was watching it and I was like, I think that it would be even funnier to me if I had ever seen The Bachelor. (laughs) I've never, ever seen seen The Bachelor. And so I saw The Bachelor for the first time and I was like, what? Is it good? it's so bad it's actually on par with your worst nightmare oh. but interpersonally speaking <laughs> it's and it actually reminded me of sister wives you ever watch sister wives on tlc no where it's like a mormon family they're fundamentalist mormon and he has four wives i heard about three, it i've read three about wives it, i've never seen four it. wives Anyway, it reminded me of that because these women are all friends and, like, cuddling in this house and waiting to go on dates with, like, this one guy. Not that the sister wives cuddle. These these women are actually a lot more affectionate with each other than the sister wives. But just this really weird dynamic where they're all in love with this one person. Maybe I would like it more because I know that there's, like, a bachelorette. Yeah. And so maybe I would like to see. But I just can't imagine I mean, the I guys. watched Flavor of Love. Right. And that was great. But somehow... I, I don't believe for a minute that anybody on Flavor of Love is in love with Flava Flav. And these girls are all crying like, Ugh, I Only love this guy a... so much. New York? No, uh, the one that... Brigitte Nielsen? Yeah. I feel like she really cared for him. I don't believe that Brigitte Nielsen is capable of love.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the reason why I watched it is that, that they, those people were hilarious. Like that one girl that just took the shit. They're like standing around, and they like he has to like he's gonna pick one of them, and then this girl like ducks down the crowd, that stands back up, and then everybody goes upstairs for something, and everybody's like, "Who just pooped on the carpet?" No, but
0: that's the thing. Flavor of Love was all the way wild, was like crazy bonkers, and And the other girls. The Bachelor is the same premise, but it's really, really basic, like bone chillingly basic. Like you're watching it, and you're like, "Who's the audience?" Basics. You know, I'm not going to call names in case there's there's fine, upstanding citizens in our audience who like The Bachelor and don't want us to call them basics. True. But I can't completely wrap my mind around both who the audience is, who is on this show, why tears are being shed Or maybe so people watch it like the way that I watch
1: Desperate Housewives because then you could cook and stuff and do something and not miss
0: much the thing is i think i would be happier if it seemed faker but the girls actually seem genuinely distraught and upset when they're sent home by the most bland gentleman in the history of time
1: and do they get to hang out with him much or are they just like, like here's the kind guy kind
0: of but like in groups and then like every once in a while they get to hang out with him by themselves and they're like let's have sex and he's like, so it's no. like the
1: board game dream date <laughs> Where you just like pick a card It's and like, you're like the board game
0: dream date But more boring oh, man. But but their tears are real And that's what's upsetting to me So I saw <laughs> The Bachelor for the first time I would definitely recommend Burning Love Much more than that um, Investigation Discovery has A whole lot of shows Not just Your Worst Nightmare Like a whole bunch of them are on Hulu Hanging out right now Uh-oh. And there was this other one Called uh, Deadly Women Which I thought I think I would love that and yeah because it's it's female focused.
1: (laughs) But (laughs) was that your tampon commercial voice?
0: If you want female focused violence, (laughs) try Deadly Women. So, in this episode, I'm like, all right, I'll check this out. I'll see. I'll see what Deadly Women is about to to take a break from your worst nightmare. (laughs) In this episode, I watched. There's this drunk woman, right? She's always drunk all the time, but she doesn't want... And she's, like, one of these very, like, perfectly coiffed women who's, like, from Big Little Lies. She's, like, one of those people. Uh Uh-huh. And she's always drunk and doesn't want her family to know, so she keeps going to her 80-year-old neighbor's house to drink so they won't (laughs) see her drinking. And so she goes to her neighbor's house on Christmas Eve in the middle of the night to get drunk. And her 80-year-old neighbor is, like... Get out of here. It's Christmas. (laughs) Go be with your family. Stop being such a mess. So she beats up her 80-year-old neighbor, rapes her with a crucifix from the wall on Christmas Eve, and then bludgeons her to death with it, and then passes out. She's, like, in some kind of fugue state, blackout, and then passes out. And, like, then she wakes up on Christmas morning in her neighbor's house with her dead neighbor and I then watch tries this. to cover her tracks. And I was like, this is extreme. <laughs> that is so extreme. I was just ready for, like, I don't know, some light true crime reenactment. And it was Deadly Women does not play. I'll tell you that. Um, there's I've been listening to some things in my ear holes. You love the podcast. I've been, well, not just podcasts, I've been listening to this singer named Bibi Borelli, who's really good. I recommend her. And she has some good videos on YouTube that I like as well. Aww.
1: Got
0: fired from Old Navy. It's BB spelled B I B I, like BB. Yeah, I really recommend her. And speaking of podcasts, which have also been in my ear holes, I started listening to The Hilarious World of Depression. Ah. And it's all comedians. Apparently, did you know that all comedians have major depression? <laughs> I would not be surprised. Apparently they do. And there, there's so many really good comedians on this show, but they're talking real talk. And I'm super into it. Like, I listened to this one where there's this comedian named Baron Vaughn. And he was talking about how his, he was raised by a single mother who was an addict. And so now love and anger are totally fused in his mind. And you uh-huh. can't experience love without, like, waiting for the anger, expecting The anger reacting. I'm glad he's
1: gotten there to realize that's the thing.
0: And you know, Jen Kirkman, she has Mm -hmm. a a new Netflix special, I think, out right now. She was on there talking about depression and anxiety. She had some kind of grand mall giant anxiety attack on an airplane where she literally went running through the airplane screaming. Oh, no. And the, the flight crew... Like, put her down, like, laid her down like a little baby and, like, stroked her head. And, like, they had to pretend like she was a baby and, like, cuddle her until she calmed down. This is crazy. Yeah, like, this show has really, really funny people talking the realest talk.
1: Tonight I'm going to see, uh, Get Out. (sighs) I'm excited to see Get Out. It has a 100 on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: I bet it does.
1: I can't. I can't wait. We were trying to like Teen Witch is playing tonight too. Mm-hmm. It's our anniversary, and so we wanted to go to a movie. So it was. It was like Teen Witch. Uh, let's go see Get Out. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be amazing. I can't wait for that. I never go to the theater because I'm like fifteen dollars. That's like half a bag of weed.
0: <laughs> I know, right? It's it has to be like a real thing for me to go to the movie theater two more things and then I'll wrap it up Late Night with Seth Meyers is so good right now since the election I really have to get on that I enjoy The Daily Show I, I'm not one of those people who's like The Daily Show is crap since Jon Stewart left I'm not one of those people I still enjoy it however in my mind like when I want that kind of like John Stewart style coverage of yeah. politics, Seth Meyers is doing it and he's doing it every single night. I need to really catch up on that. Not guy. only with like his weekend update style, like stuff at the beginning where he goes right into the desk stuff, but with skits too. Like he has these recurring like press conferences where they take like Donald Trump quotes out of context. <laughs> oh, funny. I've seen that. He did another one yesterday that was so good. And then after that, last night he had Kirsten Gillibrand as a guest who's our senator from New York. Yeah. And she was speaking truth to power. She was really there. And I was feeling it. And it's, trust me when I say that Seth Meyers is the new John Stewart and everybody should be watching it. I'm getting on it then. And last, before we wrap this shindig up, which has been such a delight. I just love to Always stare into your eyes way. and tell you everything that's on my mind. <laughs> um, you and I both know we're on deadline at bust magazine right now. Mm-hmm. Tensions at times are high, but it's thick, but, the tension has been broken by a web sl- a live stream called keeping up with the catarsians so bust magazines editor-in-chief debbie stoller found this live stream called keeping up with the catarsians and it's a live stream that's being broadcast from iceland and it's this giant dollhouse filled with four nine-week-old kittens it's a it's and adorable. it's like big brother yeah but with kittens they jump on beds. They jump in beds with each other. Yeah, they have bunk beds. They have bunk beds. There's a front lawn with a scratching post. And we'll be, like, I'll be reading, like, the uh, this draft for, like, the fifth time. And, like, there'll just be, like, squealing and, and excitement and and levity coming from the other side of the room. And it's the Catarsians. It's everybody watching what's happening on the screen. Cause That's keeping us through a deadline. It is the saving grace of our deadline. If If you need self-care... In These troubled Trump times. Yeah,
1: Debbie said that the other day because I was like, I got to get back to my desk. Because she called me over just having watched the cat thing for a minute. Uh huh. But she was supposed to be talking to me about something else. And then I was like, I got to get back to what I was doing. And she was like, This is my self care. <laughs> <laughs> <Like,
0: it's dead. laughs> just, uh, you know, make yourself a, a cup of celestial seasonings. <laughs> Celebrate the moments of your life. Calgon, take me away. Watch. Keeping up with the Catarsians, because those kittens are not going to stay nine weeks old forever no. is what I'm trying to say. No, I was thinking,
1: are they going to rotate them out? Are they going to be like, you're old?
0: Yeah, they can, like, kick them out, and, like, then they can star in whatever what cat version did... of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, because they're too old for what the Catarsians' house. Jane. Yeah. Um. So this has been Pop-Tarts. This has been lovely. Oh, and
1: let us know what we should be watching. Let us know what really you're watching. Really good reenact and acting shows.
0: Yeah, it's, we don't only watch True Crime. But we love true <laughs> I'm Emily Rems at bus.com. And I'm Callie Watts. Uh, but you're Callie W at bus.com. Uh, Callie W at bus.com. We'd love to read some listener mail. Um, and and thanks so much for listening. Okay, bye. 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 <laughs> baby, 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 baby,